but you'll see that the other kings also did what was right, but now it's in their own eyes, and it was evil in the sight of the Lord. So what separates a good king from a bad king is, is actually their spiritual altitude. Are they standing in the throne room? Are they standing with the king? This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson. In our show today, we conclude our three-part mini-series with Sterling Sawyer. He's a teacher and prophet. He's a founder of Liberty Tree Ministries in Clements, California. So, Sterling, we welcome you. Well, thank you very much. It's great to be back. Mm-hmm. Now, those who have been with us know that we've been looking at your model for the Christian to achieve deeper and lasting Christian growth. Now, uh, people can find this model even as we speak here. They can run over to the website, which is libertytree777.com libertytree777.com and look for the Prophet Priest King handout that you have there. Is that how you labeled it? Uh, Yes. Okay. Thank you very much. Very good. So that helps as we uh, walk through our questions today about being a king. But first, I just want to say, you know, sometimes we go two steps forward in the Christian life and one step back. But what we really want to do is grow and have it stick. Isn't that right, Sterling? Yes, and that's that's really the whole point of this, is to kind of understand how truth flows in and through us so that we can hold on to it Mm -hmm. and and actually uh, lets it build some stability in our lives. Yes, that's a good thing. All right, so we're talking about any believer here and that they can be a prophet, a priest, and a king. And what does it mean for the believer to be a king? Yes, so as we're using these terms, they're mainly pointed inward. So a a priest to your own self, you bring the word into your own being. Uh, A prophet, you bring the word into your own being. And a priest, you apply it. In the king realm here, we actually begin to bring this out to others. And so this is where the fruit gets picked and distributed. So um, the king is the servant of all and really provides for uh, everybody in, in his realm of, or her realm of influence. Well, when we think of royalty, uh, sometimes we do think of serving the people um, and that is certainly the perspective that anyone who is a king should have, right? Or even, you know, as we look at our president and our um, leaders of our country, it's the same thing, right? We should be a servant of all of those in our realm. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, that isn't always the case, but that's absolutely how it should be. And so Jesus really represents that, and uh, he, he, he wants to bring us to that point of understanding that, uh, that he has given a lot into us. And by the time a truth has worked its way through kind of the prophet realm of our being and the priest realm where we really have to make a sacrifice for this word, uh, the king really should come to this point of understanding that, yes, he's indebted to the Lord who graced him with the ability to get through each of these points. 
But sometimes we get puffed up and we say, oh, look what I did. And uh, that <laughs> yes, leads us in the wrong, wrong direction. Then. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us more about what a king in this model looks like. Well, first, uh, we're, the, we're small K kings. We're the king under the king of kings and the Lord of lords, as it uh, talks about in uh, 1 Timothy 6.15. So we're we're operating with a delegated authority that he has given to us. It's a little bit like a father turning over part of the family business to a son or daughter who has matured enough to walk in that. Hmm. Um, one of the things that we have to remember is we're not building our own kingdom. We're building his kingdom. And, of course, that seems really obvious, but, um, Chris, you probably know working in the ministry, and I've worked in... Uh, ministries and churches, that when you're handling all that day-to-day stuff and you're just moving quick through all the, all of the different responsibilities, it's actually easy to lose track of whose ministry, whose church this really is. And so uh, that's, that's a more common error than, than maybe people might realize. Mm-hmm. So we have to keep his vision in the midst of this thing. And we have to keep that vision fresh, which means we have to come back to them often and say, okay, am I doing this thing the way you want it done? And if we do that, then it it remains his kingdom, and we don't lose sight of him. And uh, probably another thing I'd like to bring out really quickly, and it's a little embarrassing, but sometimes we lose track of the king. We lose track of Jesus in the middle of our walk, in the middle of our work. We think we know where he's going and what he's going to do. And at some point, he switches. He moves off that course, and all of a sudden, we lose him. And if we're not willing to admit, oops, I lost him, if we just kind of continue to try to fake it, uh, we'll end up in really serious trouble. So it's important to realize we have those times when we're really close and we have those times when we're a little bit drier, a little bit further off. And the thing to do is admit it and uh, he will find you and he'll find you before you have a chance to do anything too stupid. And <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> so that that's the important thing. The problem again for a leader and, and, when you've hit this kingly realm in some truth, you are doing a certain amount of leading, whatever position you have in the body, you still are doing a little bit of leading. And it's difficult to say, oops, I'm the leader, but I don't know where I'm going right now. I just lost my compass. Um, I need to go away and take a day in prayer or something like this. And there are a lot of uh, foxes and sheep's clothing sometimes that are in our churches. Um, and, and so it's difficult for a leader to admit, oops, I, I need a day or two to get reoriented here. And hopefully they produce a, an inner core around them that's mature enough to walk with them and understand that they're not requiring, requiring perfection out of this person. Their perfection comes in Christ. And so they'll stand beside their person, they'll kneel beside them, and they'll pray with them until they're, they get reconnected. Mm-hmm. But the big thing is, is we have to be connected to the king, or we have nothing. Absolutely. 
So how does the king affect the growth of the rest of the believer, you know, specifically the prophet and priest portions that we've been talking about? Well, the king part of the believer is the output. And it's really important to have an output. The the prophet brings stuff in, the priest helps us process it and be it, but the prophet gives us an outlet. Without that outlet, we become backed up, stagnated, uh, poisoned in a sense. So we really need a way to release the blessings that the Lord has given us, the wisdom, the teaching, the word, whatever it may be. We have to have a way to give that out. Now, obviously, that should be a blessing to the community around you, but it is a blessing just to you. You've been able to allow this to go ahead and and flow through you, so that's important. Uh, Probably another way that that it's uh, important is that it provides feedback. So uh, in in the kingly uh, position or realm that you're beginning to move in, you step out in something and it doesn't quite work or it doesn't work as well as you'd like. Well, that's your opportunity to go back to the priest portion of your being and say, did we really plant this well? Did we till off all of the competing weeds of the lies that are in us? Did we really hear the word correctly from the Lord? So we can go back to the prophet element and say, did we get this right? And, um, it's always important to hold the word with an open hand before the Lord and let him take it back as need be and to clarify it and refine it for us. And so uh, this provides kind of a feedback loop where we, we continue to go back to the Lord and to continue to work this truth through our being deeper and better until such a point that it starts coming out in the king realm it has more of a blessing for the people. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, I think so. So what, what actually makes a king good or bad? You're talking about feedback. I mean, I think that um, that might apply here, too. Yes. Um, well, probably the main thing that makes a king good or bad, and, and we can see this from looking in the Old Testament, looking back at the various kings of Israel, and what's what's always struck me is that the very beginning of, of, of uh, the biography of each of these Kings, somewhere in the first couple paragraphs, it usually says the King did what was right. And, the, and if you stop right there, it would sound like all of those Kings were good, but the phrase goes on, the verse goes on and it says for some of those Kings, it says the King did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Mm, and that's I a remember good that. Mm-hmm. The king did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. But you'll see that the other kings also did what was right, but now it's in their own eyes, and it was evil in the sight of the Lord. So what separates a good king from a bad king is is actually their spiritual altitude. Are they standing in the throne room? Are they standing with the king? Or are they relying on their own... Uh, abilities and their own judgment of things. And so often we we can slip back to being people who judge things on our own. And uh, unfortunately, sadly, what we're seeing in the world today is that there's a lot of people who have great influence, who 
are kings in some sense, and uh, who we would suppose are kings in the realm of this model that I'm talking about, and yet they've chosen to be the ultimate judge, and they're overriding the Word of God, and they're overriding uh, God as designer and judge. And so we we don't want to do that. Obviously, that's the the wrong move. Uh, So a good king accepts the king of kings position and his his perspective, I mean, not position, but we, we respect his perspective on things, whether we actually like it or not. We mm-hmm. go with what he has to say in his word. And what's happening in the church today is I believe God is purposely bringing issues in that are somewhat divisive to the church. And the purpose of this is to separate the sheep and the goats and to reveal the true nature of those around us. Will they really submit to the to the king or not? And mm-hmm. uh, so that's the question. And then it's very sad that some some of these uh, people who um, I I love and admire are uh, really not uh, holding up to what I would like to see. Yes, it, it's sad to see someone fall, isn't it? Yes. So what is the king actually responsible to do? So the main responsibility of a king is to take care of his charges. So to minister to those in his or her sphere of influence, their their family, their friends, their neighbors, their co-workers, and, and then it goes on out from there to just anybody who will receive. And... Um, they are responsible to give to those people. So each king operates out of who they are. They can't give what they're not, but they operate out of who they are. And then in general, the Lord develops a strategy with them uh, to build their particular section of the kingdom, what God has put them in responsibility for. And so they distribute their gifts and other kingdom resources that they have received, that have been worked through their priest and prophet sections, and uh, they now release that to the body. Mm-hmm. Well, can you give us an illustration about uh, being a king, and is there some way that you've seen that operate either in your own life or in the life of another believer? Um, yes, yes. Uh, probably the person who comes to mind most to me is Pastor Jack Hayford who um, uh, may not be as well-known to some people today as he he, as he once was, but here's a man who's worked biblical truths through his being to depth, and it's brought forward out of that depth a great abundance of blessing, which he's generously given to all of us. So many of us have fed on, on the truths and the understanding that he has brought forward, and we know the Bible in a deeper way because of what he's done. Um, the thing to notice here of the attributes that would make a good king is he brings this forward very humbly mm-hmm. and he doesn't call attention to his humility, which means that it's true, true humility. Yes. So the father graced him every step of the way and uh, he had to die to some things for this truth to come forward. He's a brilliant man. He could have made a mm-hmm. lot of money out in the secular world Oh yes, and yet mm-hmm. he he stayed, uh, as you know, uh, faithful to the call, 
and uh, did what he felt God was calling him to do. Uh, I don't think there's any indication that he ever felt that he was exempt from any of the rules, um, and he didn't take the blessings of his position selfishly to himself, but was very generous in giving. So I think what we see here is a Christian king is a giving king. And uh, that would be one of the the great attributes, uh, as we've already mentioned, that they're a servant of all, just like Jesus was. And Jesus made clear in John chapter 13 when he washed the disciples' feet. And so uh, that's uh, the way I'm using the term king here, is somebody who has received the word, braved this truth into their depths, knowing it would change and (laughs) sometimes destroy parts of their life, but they went through with it anyway. And then when the resurrection of fruit explodes on the other side of this thing, they're very faithful to distribute this to anybody and everybody. And so um, one of the other things that you you can see in, in Pastor Jack is the strategic distribution of these truths. So he effectively moved these truths outward. Uh, And so this strategic nature is a very um, key component of a king. But I would caution that that sometimes um, we in our cleverness uh, come up with schemes and ideas of how to move something forward. And uh, I fall into this uh, uh, quite often, actually. And uh, the Lord has to say, no, 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 it's not by your works. It's not by your scheming. It's by our conversations. Other people sometimes call that planning. Yes. (laughs) But but we have to be careful what we do with our planning, right? Yes, the planning has to have a lot of prayer in it. Mm -hmm. And so if we can hear what he's saying then we can strategically come up with a, a with a, a battle plan, if you will. Yes. And if we don't, uh, then we we fail to do that. So in in uh, in this man, I think we can see uh, somebody who's changed the entire landscape of the Pentecostal square uh, four square charismatic Holy Spirit movement. Not only to these movements themselves, but it's actually affected the way the world looks at this part of Christianity. So that's pretty amazing. Obviously, most of us are not going to have that broad or dramatic of effect, but I'll tell you that resurrection life, when it comes forward, when it manifests, will have a dramatic effect on whoever's around you. And so that's the positive side. Yes, absolutely. And I think Pastor Jack is certainly a good example of uh, this king role. So how does, yes. uh, as as we come to a close here, if there's anything else that you want to share about this king role in your model, that would be, that would be wonderful. But I want to ask you about the enemy of our souls, Satan, and how he comes against the king. Well, yes, he, he comes against the king in an interesting way. He's he's tried all the way along. He comes against the word that comes to the prophet. He tries to steal that word back. Uh, when that word is is planted in the heart of the priest, he tries to kill it. So he comes to rob, kill, and, and destroy. The destroying part of this is um, the word destroying here can mean perish or perishable or, or 
in a sense, rotting. Uh, so if Satan fails with the prophet and the priest to kill this thing off, he will then try to rot the fruit in the hand of the king. And um, if if we take this to ourselves, if we're proud uh, of what we've accomplished, uh, there's there's the very real possibility that this thing will rot and that we will have nothing to hand out to the people but something rotten. And to an extent, I, I think with some of the televangelists of the past, we saw a negative example of somebody who came to a high level. Perhaps they went through this whole process, perhaps they didn't. But one way or another, they moved into a place of influence and uh, they took it to themselves. And uh, we can see the, the devastating results for that. And the next outpouring that God wants to bring, and, and it may be the last, he wants to have a people who are solid and uh, who have been able to get truth to the depths of their being so that they have a stability in, in times when everything else is being shaken. Hmm. And so uh, it's my hope that uh, kind of a, uh, this understanding of prophet, priest, and king will help people bring uh, the truth into their being in such a way that it, it does give them a better stability. Mm-hmm. Very important in the end times, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. Well, Sterling, I think we need to close just because our time has gotten away from us. But would you like to pray for our listeners as they look to establishing this king role in their lives? Uh, Yes, yes, I'd very much like that. So, Father, we come to you as the ultimate king and the ultimate example. And we ask that you would have grace and mercy on us, that you would help us to walk with you and to be responsible, to be a father to the people around us, to be a mother to the people around us, to hand out the truths that you've been so kind as to press through our being. And Lord, we we uh, thank you for uh, building us in your own image and allowing us to enter into the prophet, the priest, and the king, to enter into the building of the kingdom, Father, in our each in our own um little way, but significant because it's uh, charged with the resurrection power that you bring. And so we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor for this, Father. We ask that you uh, keep us humble and that you would uh, just walk with us, hold our hands, not let us lose you too often, and help us find you immediately when we do. we, We give you all the glory again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And we do want to follow that King of Kings. So, Sterling, thank you for bringing this uh, great teaching to us in the prophet, priest, and king model of growth for the believer. Very, very important. And I'm sure that people will want to go and sort of absorb more about this model. If they don't have that handout, they can go to libertytree777.com. That's libertytree777.com. So thank you, Sterling, very much for being with us for this uh, short but powerful teaching series. Well, thank you very much, Chris. Thank you for uh, inviting me on. I know it wasn't an easy series in some ways, but I appreciate it. Thank you. 
Well, if, if people want to get the depth of it, they can go back and listen and listen again because there's so much richness here. So thank you, Sterling. I'm Chris Johnson. Thanks for joining us, listeners, here on Charisma Connection. And we also hope you'll take a moment and go to cpnshows.com and be sure to check out the graphic there for Charisma Audio where you can actually listen to Charisma Magazine and not just read it anymore. So there's an option for you there and a 10-day free trial. So sign up to listen in the spirit today. That's at cpnshows.com, cpnshows.com. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.